0: Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to the Ford Taylor Talks podcast. I'm Pat Williams, Ford Taylor in the house.
1: Ford, how are you today? PW, I am doing so well. I mean it's been a it's been a crazy month, but it's been a good month. How are you doing?
0: Uh, I am well, and I would say I've probably used more TL tools in the last week to ten days. Probably more in the last two days. It's amazing uh, when people call for advice who've been through the training and you're kind of reminding them things that they already know. I'm sure that you deal with that a lot too.
1: Well, it's encouraging though, because once they've been through the training and they actually have the, as you and I talk about practical implementable tools to walk things out, they're making those calls because now they got the tools and they're looking for counsel on how to use them. And I'm encouraged to hear that. That's great news. Ford, uh, I want to talk about team building today
0: and let me rephrase that. I would love if you and I would talk about team building today. I've had a lot of requests from listeners and people who for some reason, maybe it's coming out of COVID, maybe it's like, hey, we've been locked up, we're getting back with our teams. But I want to talk about team building and define um an organization for maybe some of our new listeners.
1: Okay. Well, as we talked about over and over for years, an organization is anytime two or more people are in relationship so that that organization that team if we talk about team building it could be a marriage it could be a family it could be a business a church a sports team a classroom a set of government leaders working together so uh, any organization that there's two or more people in it that's what we're talking about so for this is
0: um i don't want to do a case study because this is broad right um You've got several tools, almost all of the tools we could say would impact team building or um, make that process better, uh, easier to execute. Let's talk about some of the foundational tools, TL tools, when we talk about team building.
1: Okay. Well, you know, I I believe your best teams are made up of two things. We actually call them high-performing teams. So think about a high-performing marriage. Think about a high performing athletic team, a high performing business team, a high performing church team. Just think about whatever team you want, but a high performing team is made up of two things. And one of those is that that team has healthy relationships. And the other thing is that each individual on the team has a high individual performance. And when you have a combination of those two things and they all get in the quadrant where they are all healthy relationally, and they're each doing their role at a high level, you, you really can't stop that team. And again, even a marriage, you can't stop a marriage where they have that kind of relationship and they both know what their transactional roles are. And it's uh, so any team that can develop those tools, that skill set, they operate at a higher level.
0: Ford, so when we get into the beginnings or maybe a reset i want to use the term reset i love that term reset so we're resetting a high performing team um from from a a review standpoint um you know transformational leadership clearly talks about the five stages to building teams but i love and you explain it so clearly as we roll through the five stages maybe in a reset There's new people. There's people that have been working out of their homes.
1: Would you recommend that these teams go back to stage one? Yeah, you're automatically. I mean, even if you've got a stage five, stage three, stage four team, as soon as you bring a new member onto that team, that team now is all at the lowest common denominator. And so it's important that whatever tools, ingredients, behaviors, as we call them, that we use to get that team from where it was up to three, four, or five, that we become very intentional about reviewing, processing, going back and bringing that new individual up to that team level very, very quickly. And and by going back through the tools and reviewing them and sharing them, uh, it, it's amazing how fast that can happen. Before we talk about servant leadership and
0: a lot of stage one, uh, kind of has that but we call it the visionary model but you know once we've cast the vision everybody understands the vision everyone's clear on the vision you literally turn that model upside down uh that is stage two and to me that's where transformation really starts to take place
1: Yeah. You know so so let's talk about the visionary model first because in the visionary model trust has to be developed anxiety goes away And so, in that model, there are specific uh, concepts that we teach that people would use. You know, we talk about the relational. You know, that highly relational and highly transactional people can come into conflict. Conflict they drive each other crazy. Well, if we learn to affirm the other end, so affirmation. So I'm going to affirm the people that might be more transactional or more relational than me, because they bring something to the table that I might not bring, and we keep that from you know, continuing to bring conflict onto the team. You know, we 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 do the social covenant. How are we going to treat each other? And once we agree how we're going to treat each other, we talk about how would we resolve it if we broke that agreement. And, and, and you know, PW, we, we tell people, if someone mistreats you or they break that agreement, you know, you go to them one-on-one in humility and pre forgiveness and love that you care more about them than they care about you. And hundred percent of the truth, and if we're wrong, you know we know how to apologize. We learn to stop gossiping, you know. So in that stage one, when we start doing those things, it opens the door for us to move into stage two. Uh, And as you know, we call that the servant leadership model or the cohesive model. But it's hard to get into that place where we're serving uh, through teaching, training, equipping, unless trust is developed in stage one. And as you know, I believe that gossip is one of the, well, I think it's the largest undiagnosed addiction in the world today. But I also think it's the number one thing that that hinders trust and productivity in organizations around the world. So that social covenant, some of those things that we teach, it starts putting those things to rest. It starts shutting down the gossip. It starts building the relationship with people so they can become more transactional. Or does teams return to the office environment? And we're seeing a
0: lot of that now. Uh, I was taking notes as you were just talking, trust and alignment. Um, How much trust and alignment? Do you think trust and alignment uh, got better during Zoom calls and working from home or got worse? I'm very interested uh, in your answer to that question.
1: Well, I, 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 I truly believe it depends on which team you ask. I think more than likely, most teams would tell you that it went down for a season. Uh, But if it went down quickly, there's a good chance that they dealt with it quickly. They realized it was happening. So I'm watching people come back uh, into live events, uh, into the workplace. PW, I've never seen people hungrier than they are right now to be able to walk out and know how to resolve conflict, to know how to do that next level. I mean, our our country has gone into so much turmoil, you know, conflict over politics, conflict over the shot, conflict over wearing masks, that people are hungry. It's almost like they're tired of the politics. And they're saying, you know, our relationship with each other is far more important than our opinions on these items. So I'm encouraged. I mean, you know, we've done a couple of live events, which we hadn't done in a long time. And I've never seen so much hunger at or coming out of an event in all the years we've been doing them as I've seen in these last two events. And the companies that we're working with, uh, even the the churches, I mean, there, there's just a hunger now to get this right. And so I believe that people will fight hard to to build those trusting relationships, to come together around common vision, uh, to move forward because they don't I don't think we want to go back. Yeah, I'm excited to see the hunger that's out there right now. And I'm hearing this from other people that do this kind of work. I'm not the only one saying it. Ford, I want to stay on this issue of trust.
0: Uh, I watched you do an exercise. Um, you probably saw my, my jaw open, but we were, we were meeting with a group of leaders. And I know we talk about the trust continuum and you challenge people to make a dot on the trust continuum. Uh, absolute trust, no trust, and you always put a fifty yard line there. You actually was you were meeting with a a group of leaders, and you made the leaders go to the board and write the initials of the other people in the room where they, based on their experiences with that individual, fell on that person's trust continuum. I hope I explained that right. This is an audio show. Uh, I should have filmed you doing that, but but we were in a um, consulting environment, if you will, uh, but that absolutely blew me away, and I thought that was a breaking point um, in that meeting. How would you recommend teams? Is is that an exercise that you would recommend for for all inner core uh, organizations to do from time to time,
1: or at least once? Well, first of all, let's. Let, I'm going to answer that, but let's talk about inner core. Okay? OK, so your core is a group of people who have committed to have a desire to go toward a common vision, pulling on the same rope, the same direction. They've already committed to walking out the social covenant. How are we going to treat each other? How are we going to deal with it? They've made the commitment not to gossip. And so they first of all, that has to happen. Now, you were in the room and you watch these three different groups of people that have been at odds with one another uh, over the years. That said we don't want to be at odds anymore. They had just come out of the, the training and said, could we go deeper? So so you watch that. So I'm going to answer your question. If people are in that place of really being committed, uh, as you know, I, I don't walk in a lot of fear to get up and have people do these kinds of things because if they don't want to do them, I'm okay. Fire me. Uh, but I know if they do want to do them, how fast we can move the needle. So let's let's draw a picture in people's minds. So think of a line across a piece of paper, and we call it the trust continuum. And on one end of that line, we have people who don't trust you at all until you give them a reason to. On the other tip, you have people that trust you 100% until you give them a reason not to. Now we all live on the continuum somewhere. Very few people live on the very, very tip. And so we ask people to draw a line in the middle and just ask yourself, Am I more trusting or less trusting? Now, once they do that on their own page, we, there's a quadrant up on the board that you described. And up in the upper right-hand quadrant, if you can imagine drawing a quadrant, just two one line intersecting another line, is where we have our high-performing teams. And up there, we have high individual performers with healthy relationships. and the lower right-hand part of the quadrant, We have low individual performance, but the relationship's good. In the upper left-hand quadrant, we have people that they can get the job done, but they're killing the people around them. I mean, the relationships aren't good. In the lower left-hand quadrant, we have people with unhealthy relationships and they don't perform well. And so, yeah, when we ask these three different sets of leaders to go up to the board based on their interaction, working together over these years and asked them to put every initial, each person did it, of all the other people in the room, of which quadrant they fell in, I think you saw what happened. The level of trust went straight up. Now they didn't necessarily like what they saw. You know, it wasn't like they looked up there and went, wow, we're all in the upper right-hand quadrant, because as you saw, that was not the case at all. But I think when they saw it, they went, wow, at least now we know where we are. We now know how we can move forward. to to build that trust and build the relationship along with we can all perform at a higher level. Yeah, I think every team ought to do that when they're ready. And we talk about team building and someone's leading these
0: teams. And Ford, you model uh, vulnerability and transparency. And um, I always tell the story of a large company over 500 employees, billion dollars in revenue, uh, had a leadership crisis. I looked the CEO right in the eye and said, I got your guy. I got a guy that can help you fix this. And uh, you met with him. And I said, Ford, how'd the call go? Oh, it went pretty good. I think I might do business with him. I called the CEO and he goes, no way I'd hire that guy. He's too vulnerable and he's alarmingly transparent. So, I mean, a leader's going to have to peel the onion back. If he's
1: going to lead a high-performing team. Yeah, the the funniest, the the rest of that story is they had already scheduled me to come speak with their executive team. And they also were a a faith, you know, they claim to be faith-based and so our faith in the foundation. And they had scheduled me to speak at their chaplain service, at their faith-based service. So that was already on the schedule. And then all of a sudden they didn't call back. And I was, at, I don't know why. And then you went to work there later. And then you called and said, I found out why they didn't call you back, you know, because I recommended you again. And they, they made that comment. Yeah. If you want to be the best leader, if you want to be a leader that people want to follow, yeah, they, they don't want to think you're perfect. They, they, they want to know you can relate with them. And so vulnerability and transparency, you know, for many people, they assume that that's a sign of weakness. But it's not a sign of weakness, it's a sign of strength. It's a sign of we're all human. You know, I probably had the worst team call I've had with our team this week. And, you know, we were on our Zoom, we were driving, so I got kicked off like five times. My tank was empty. I had been going hard for four weeks. And and I said some things that they didn't hear. And then when I came back on, I said some things that they did hear. And by not hearing what I'd said at first, I mean, everything got convoluted. And so what did I have to do the next day? I had to send a letter out to all of our team, an email. And I had to do the six-step apology on three different things in one email. You know, and it's like, you know, I'm the one that did it. And I'm the one that caused it. I, I was the one that was in the car driving when the Zoom was going on. Well, I wasn't driving. My wife was. But yeah, so I'm the one that had to take responsibility for it not going well. And, and most people say, well, you know, why would a leader take responsibility for something like that? Well, was because I was the problem. I'm the one that caused it, and, and my team deserved an apology from me.
0: Ford, I think you're an awesome leader. Thank you for modeling that. Um, all six steps are necessary, which we talked about before we started uh, recording this. Um, there's no shortcuts in the six-step apology.
1: No, I... Uh... Yeah, you know, one of the groups I work with nationally, uh, it's, it's around really trying to impact America. And one of the stories that got told this week was, you know, there was a, there was a law, there was a, something in the Congress written that the government was going to apologize to our First Nations people, our Native Americans, um, around the things that we did early in history that impacted them. Well, the government never publicly did that. And so on the National Day of Prayer, the director of that asked for permission from the First Nations people. Could she do it? And, and I, I shared with them on our call, you know, when, when you add those last three steps, you know, when you say we did this to your people, You know, we were wrong and I'm sorry on behalf of America, on behalf of the people that look like me, you know, I'm sorry that we did these things. Uh, You know, I'm sorry that we stole your land and demonized you, you know, all those things. But when you do that and then you say, will you or one day when you can, you know, we did it and we're wrong and we're sorry you know, will you forgive us? And will you hold us accountable to never go back to that old behavior? It's amazing whether that's done on a national level or an individual level, something happens when people have the choice to forgive. Because the forgiveness, the forgiver is the winner. That's who gets set free. And then when you go to that sixth step, and and again, that might be hard to do in a national thing like that, it would be. Is there anything else I owe you an apology for? You know, when you do that with people that you're close to, something shifts in the room because, you know, hold me accountable. And is there anything else shows that we are committed to changing? We're committed to make things better in that relationship, in that organization, whether that be a marriage, a business, a church, or even a city
0: or a nation. I was on mute there because, uh, you know, I have a office assistant, uh, who, um, is my trusting guard dog. And, um, I think she might've heard your voice and wanted to talk to you. So (laughs) we
1: had a little dead, (laughs) a little dead moment there. (laughs) That's okay. You know, we're not teaching perfection. We're trying to get people to learn excellence. So don't even worry about that pausing. Later, go get Mila and bring her back in here. And let me say hello to that stuff. <laughs> dog. She's a cute one. But again, hey, we're looking for perfection, so we're not worried about it. You know, we um,
0: we've we've literally touched on eleven tools. We talked about team building, and I believe everything, every tool uh, in the transformational leadership tool belt points back to building a team to to to, to really building a stage five team. And as 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 teams are racing to become that, that stage five team. I think it's important for that. We let our listeners know that it's not, it's not a finish line. I mean, this is a journey. This thing, this thing is a circle almost, right?
1: Yeah, it is. And and, and that's the one thing we want to encourage people with, but this is a process, you know, it's not an event. And, And I personally believe that the process itself is just as important as the outcome, because when we go through the process, we change as individuals, and as we know, it only takes a small percentage of individuals in any organization to completely shift the culture of that organization. And so the process is what makes it happen. Now, the outcome is we're different people. You know, the relationships are different, but that process, I believe, is equally important to the outcome. For great stuff. You know, we don't sell on this
0: show, but there's so much stuff that we've talked about during this episode. Um, folks, go to com. A lot of resources there. I mean, you could literally get a leadership class just by going to the website. It is stock full of information. And Ford, what I love about it, you can get a piece and you could take it home and use it in your family life. You could take it to your Little League practice. You could take it to your business. Um, I love the information. It's 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 awesome to say the least. So, congrats to you and your team.
1: Well, thank you, PW. As you know, we we try not to sell people um, on books and, and videos and all that, and that's why we put so much out there on the website and on this podcast that some people would call free. I mean, we we do that on purpose, and and then if people do want to go deeper, you know, there's the audio books. There's all those other things, but we we try so hard. We don't want to be salesy. We really want to walk out what we teach, and that is our heart to help other people. So thank you for those kind words.
0: Ford, as we bring this one home, we're coming around the final turn. We are heading towards uh, always trying to be a stage five team, you and I, on the Ford Taylor Talks podcast. You know, let's get lit
1: as we cross the finish line, shall we, my friend? Let's do it. You know, PW, that's the thing that encourages me the most about what we teach. You know, as people use these tools, what they find is their heart changes. It's not just their brain, it's not just their mind. And, and, and you find that when we do learn to forgive, you know, that when we really can learn to love others, it, it's amazing what happens to us as individuals and what happens to the relationships we're in. And we find over and over again that when we learn to care that much about other people, everybody wins. You know, we call that love, and when we learn to love that way, our influence in all areas, up to people that we report to, across to our peers, maybe down to people that report to us, or the team that we coach, or our children, Uh, and the influence that we have on uh, ourselves—it's amazing what happens with that influence. And when that happens, you know, the transformation in our own life and the impact that we have on others around us. To see organizations change or transform it's just it's just fun to watch and get to see people experience that so we continue to say let's all learn this let's learn to love learn to influence and transform and who knows just what happened thank you for listening to this episode of Ford taylor talks for more information and resources to help you love, influence, and transform, please visit FordTaylorTalks.com. you.